you to everybody that listens and all of our customers. Uh, I even had a couple of our customers and radio show listeners this week. They they just drove over to the shop and said, hey, you know, thank you. That was a great show last week, you know, and I really, really appreciate that. It's pretty awesome. You know, we've been doing this for forever. <laughs> forever well, it seems like forever, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. I'm at three different radio stations, and uh, I tell you what, we're still here. So how this works is you can call in on 719-1490. That's 719-1490. You give us a call. We're on 104.9 FM and 1490 AM. You can also stream this show on ESPNTucson.com. You can go there. You can listen to past podcasts. You can listen to the one that's on right now. So tune in. Give us a call, 719-1490. You know, I have, what? we are just busier than all busy over here. I'm sure mm-hmm. you are over at Simmons as well. Uh, oh, yeah. We're seeing all kinds of repairs right now, um, just major maintenance, uh, you know, cooling systems, hoses, radiator leaks. Uh, we've got a run on transmissions right now as well. Um, we've got the lovely EcoBoost, which thank you, Ford, for building that. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it... Uh, you know, you go backwards, and, you know, you remember the Ford Taurus, and there was a bazillion of those out there, and, and I think about, boy, oh, boy, you know, look at all the repairs we got to do on that Ford Taurus. And, you know, most of those are gone now. But now welcome in the EcoBoost that they say is, you know, the almighty, all-powerful, you know, will pull everything Boy, oh boy, when they break and start having uh, problems with their timing components, timing chains, cam phasers, water pumps, you get to deface the whole front of that motor. And we're not talking a simple task. This isn't something where you pull it in and one day in the shop and it's done. I mean, there's about two days' worth of work there. So, again, thank you, Ford. For all that. <laughs> yep. Go ahead, Brian. I come back in yesterday. I got a call. <clears throat> My truck won't start. It's got a bad battery. And it's 2017 Echo Boost. <clears throat> Took the battery charger, put the battery charger on it, and I've got one of those little trick battery chargers that automatically does it. And so I. Uh, Hooked it up and it said it's down 50%. I think that's not good. I look at the expiration date on the battery, three-year battery, and it expired a week ago. <laughs> that battery is as big as a four-cylinder engine. So, you know, we had to take it over to, to a shop at Simmons, and they ordered a battery because nobody stocks that big son of a gun. And, um, you know... It's just the way it is, that time of the year, I guess. But uh, for the people out there that don't service a battery and don't pay attention to it, just remember, when we say 24 to 30 months on a battery, we got 30 months, 36 months, and one week out of a brand-new, well, out of a brand-new Ford battery. That's the second battery that's been in that 2017 uh, Echo Boost since uh, we've had that truck. So I'm going, hmm. 
So I thought, boy, I better not start mouthing off too much. My diesel is 2018, and so I went out this morning because I hadn't had it. Just recently got back in, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to play with it. Went out, hit the automatic start, and crossed my fingers, and it fired up. Didn't lag or anything. I said, all right. So I guess I better start paying attention to that a little tighter because it is there. I I haven't didn't even look at the battery because I'm afraid to look at it because those things are so miserably expensive. But that Ford battery holds a price of its own. That battery is one and a half times the size of a regular battery, and I'm going, oh my gosh! But anyway, that's how life goes. East Coast, a lot of classic cars, a lot of people maintaining them, a lot of people uh, had a lot of questions. Uh, wasn't anything that we don't answer around Tucson, Arizona all the time. So it's just, you know, automotive is automotive. You take care of them. You drive them more than you have them parked. So that's what's happened back on the East Coast. A lot of four-wheel drives I see that are coming. Remember the old big tires a few years ago when the lift kits, Brian? Yeah. They have, they're coming back to the East Coast. I was kind of surprised to see them. I've seen more lifted vehicles in, in Carolina than I did in Arizona. And I'm going, wow. So, you know, and they play in the mud too. And there's been a lot of mud back there this year. So, and, um, we'll just, we'll just see what happens, but it's good to be back to Tucson. Uh, I did come back and had over six inches of rain in my rain gauge. And uh, I was a little surprised to see that, but not after I walked around the property and seen what kind of damage was done. I got about probably 30 days. I got 30 days worth of weeds. It looked like a cow pasture. <laughs> so I, I've only put uh, 11 gallons of weed killer out in the last two days, and I haven't even got the all of my front done yet. And so it is really, really bad. So everybody out there, good luck with that. Good luck with your pools and it turning green. Good luck with your all of the other stuff that goes along with the heavy rain. But I'll tell you one thing, the desert is green. It is beautiful. The cactus no longer look like potato chips. They actually have the full leaves on them now. I thought, yeah. So I'm not going to complain. Just fill the water table back up, and I'll just go ahead and redo all my property and cut the trees that's laying down and the tree limbs that's broke off and all of that. That just goes with it, and I am not the only one. So for the rest of you out there, it's going to have a wonderful week weekend of just cutting tree limbs and uh, mowing yards or mowing the field that you've got. It used to be a yard. <laughs> Good luck and enjoy. You won't be by yourself. There's going to be a lot of a lot of sweat going to be dropped out there today, and probably for the next four or five days as everybody cleans this mess up. But we'll see. Let it rain. I, I'll, I'll put up with the rain. That's what weed killers for. I thought it was pretty nice the other night when I was driving home from work and I'm looking up at Mount Lemon, you know, at the burn scar, and you could see a nice green blanket on the mountain there Mm -hmm. where everything's Mm -hmm. growing back. So, yep, the rain's been great for us. All right. Now, but speaking of batteries, you know, they are pretty amazing that, uh, you know, it's almost like they got a timer on them, you know. 30-month battery, it goes dead in about 31 months. You know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I heard Let's that go. yesterday. <laughs> they must have a timer on this thing so that uh, when it gets 36 months, it just quits. 
Yep. And I said, with the technology that they have now, they can probably put that timer on them. You know, I, every, everything you can you could leave something on intentionally if you wanted to. But um, you know, the two thousand these late model vehicles. I mean, you just shut the key off or push the fob in, whatever you're dealing with. And everything goes dead and just depends on how long it takes for everything to shut off. But uh, th- that battery is deader than a doornail. And, you know, it just, we did get it fired off. I did get it enough charge in it to work and fire it off. Then we start over to the shop with it, and it's got a nail in the rear uh, left front tire. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And it's going down like son of a gun. So, Pulled that in at the tire shop and got it fixed. So finally got over to the garage, I guess, about 3.30 yesterday and get a battery change. So that's a all-day event. I got a call at, uh, well, early in the morning when it wouldn't run, and um, then we started from there. All right, back to you, big guy. Take us along the road here. Like I told yeah, you, you know, I'm is dead. Looking in the parts catalog for this uh, expedition that I've got with the 3.5 EcoBoost in it. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at the Motocraft batteries, and I'm going, what's going on here? Quantity in stock, zero. Zero. There's no Motocraft batteries to be had for the Oops. AGM batteries. So that's yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, you can't even buy one. You go into the AC Delco portion. Now, uh-huh. there's an AGM there. Yeah. And let's go in to see what DECA's got. There is one there. All right. So, I mean, well, it, this is the problem that we're running into today with parts. Oh, yeah. Quantity oh, yeah. on hand. You know, few and far between. I mean, even down to the, you know, your basic little air filter. Yep. They're getting harder and harder to come by. You know, there there's some in Tucson, but is there some right around the corner at the store? Not always. No. You know, we're sitting here waiting, you know, a couple hours, two, two and a half hours for an air filter from the warehouse or whatever. You know, and... They're, uh, have, they're having the same problem on the East Coast. I talked to a couple of shop owners back there while I was there. And parts has gotten to be almost a joke. Okay, well, this is what we're going to need in parts. Now, the question is, how long is it going to take to get them? And I was surprised. Things like the filters you're referring to, uh, the batteries, uh, regular tune-up parts, and it's just like there's just a shortage on everything now. So there, it's, yeah. it's a nationwide thing. So, you know, get ready. Yeah, everything somewhere else, you know. I mean, more and more. I mean, this is part due to, you know, why we've got so many cars sitting in the parking lot. I mean, this week we had so many cars in the parking lot, you couldn't even, there was nowhere to park. You know, mm-hmm. customers were coming in and going, well, I had to park way over there because we were full. You know, and a yeah. lot of these cars are, you know, it isn't that we can't fix them, it's we can't get the park for them. You know, the parts in California, the parts in Michigan, you know, the part is two to five days out. You know, we're we're running into this more and more and more with all these vehicles. Well, you got electronics. Anytime you have electronics in them, that's part of it. You got um, 
I know one thing is big back on the East Coast is everybody, anyone that had a, a CDL license that could drive a truck, if they were looking for a job, they probably only been looking for about 15 minutes because I've never seen so much ads or so many ads for truck drivers. And, and that's how that stuff is transported across the country most of the time. If I order an engine out of Jasper, Indiana, it comes by truck. Uh, so, and you don't have the drivers. I mean, these, these guys that owned, and now I got brothers that were in the trucking industry and they said that that is absolutely incredible trying to get people to drive a truck now and, uh, don't know why they don't have an answer other than they just don't have people. They can't hire people and the pay is good. Uh, they just, it just works out that way. So yeah, if you buy in a TV, you buy in a stove, you buy in a refrigerator, same thing. Uh, so it's, and especially building, trying to remodel and build and stuff like that. The lumber courts is still out of this world as far as price. So everybody's filling the pinch. And so everybody just needs to be patient. And that has never been one of my virtues, but I have learned a lot in the last year and a half. So we just, we just be patient. It'll all get done eventually. All right, back to you, Ben. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I had a customer come in this week, and she was saying that, yeah, my dishwasher quit. She couldn't buy one. It was special order. Yep. So it, it's just amazing. I mean, it's affected the auto repair world. It's affected everything. So, yeah, be patient with us. Uh, I mean, it isn't that we don't want to fix it. It's that we have to be patient and you know, wait for these special order parts to come in. And hope like the Dickens, it's the right part that shows up. I've seen a lot. Of, I heard about a lot of that back east, the right part showing up and the quality of parts because of the, some of the vendors have been changed and it's not, they're not quite up to snuff on some of the, uh, well, quality. So, yeah. you know, there's, you know, you get into that. Issues. I mean, that is a huge problem for us, too, now. I mean, you get a new part, it's a new part, it's supposed to work, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. You know, I had a, what was it, a Nissan come in, and it had a problem where they could go drive to the grocery store, go into the grocery store, come out, and their vehicle wouldn't start. And they'd have to wait and wait and wait. And then after it cooled off enough... It'd start up and they'd drive it again. Well, they had a problem. They were losing the crank signal. The crankshaft sensor would stop working after it was hot, yeah. which we call a hot soak, heat soak. Mm-hmm. So that's after, you know, you've driven the car, you shut it off, and the vehicle, before it starts to cool down, it'll actually get hotter because it's not circulating the water anymore. And what happens to that sensor is it'll cause that sensor to fail. And it'll go to an open circuit, meaning it's not working anymore. Hmm. So anyway, I have this vehicle that drives to our shop. It was not towed. It was driven. And yes, it had a problem. It wouldn't start after the heat soak. Get a new crank sensor, put it in. It wouldn't start when it was cold. It was no good right out of the box. I'm not making this up. So, 
anyway, you know, this is what we're up against. You know, welcome to 2021. You know, quality control, I don't know where what happened to that. Uh, back in the day, you know, you used to be able to get, uh, what was it, Cardone. Ever, anybody remember Cardone? Mm-hmm. They were around forever and ever and ever. And they had decent parts. You could buy remanufactured alternators, water pumps, starters, brakes, everything from this company. And it was good. Well, just a few years back, they got to the point where, you know, you'd buy a rack and pinion or a power steering pump and you'd put it on and it'd be no good. It'd either leak or make all kinds of noise or like the rack and pinions that we say have morning sickness when they're cold, they're hard right. to turn, they you hit a dead spot. Right. And they were just basically no good. Their quality yep. control gone. And it it got so bad, you don't even see that company out there anymore. It's it's not an option to even buy from. They're gone, you know. And well, somebody probably company. brought them out. Well, yeah. But, I mean, then they, they have do. this other company yeah. out there that I'm not going to name that has remanufactured power steering pumps, power steering rack and pinions, you know, steering gearboxes. Okay. You know, they were good in the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, it gets to the point where you buy a remanufactured steering gearbox, you put it on, it's almost worse than the other one, you know, where it won't return to center. After you've made a turn, usually when you make a turn with a power steering gearbox, they'll return straight to center when you start driving Mm -hmm. straight again, pretty much Mm -hmm. on their own. And, you know, they're not returning back to center, or they're extremely loose where you've got excessive steering with the steering wheel before the wheels actually turn or something happens. You know, so these are the things we're up against. And, uh, you know, again... Like I say, just be patient with us. We have to be patient with our suppliers. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll get this all worked out. Yep. But it it is what it is. And this is what we're, we're up against. You know, times are changing. But, you know, like back to that EcoBoost, like I was saying, we've got one in here right now. And uh, it had codes. Uh, let's see. It had codes, timing chain codes, timing codes, ended up, this thing's going to need timing chains, guides, the guides for the chains. It's going to need the camshaft sprockets, the camshaft actuators, mm-hmm. everything on the front of the motor, and including wow. we're going to do the water pump at the same time because it's there. It's got 125,000 miles on it. That water pump's not going to go another 125,000 miles. But okay, what, what year? This what one year 150 is, uh, is this? This is a 2016 Expedition 3.5. Wow. Wow. And again, uh, what, like I said before, mm-hmm. you, know, you get into this thing, you're talking a couple days of labor, basically. And when the smoke clears, you're going to spend over $3,000. Yeah, it, it's just absolutely uh, crazy. 
I've uh, been doing a little bit of research on that since I have one of those. And, you know, and I, I don't like surprises. You know, it's bad enough to have a battery go out. Very seldom do I ever lose a battery where i got to put a charger on it because I'm normally on top of it. But this one kind of took me about, well, I've been gone for two weeks. Uh, but when if you look at the quality of the cars and on the timing change especially, uh, the timing chain wear on those is they recommend that you step up the viscosity from 5W20 to 5W30 on the timing change. And a lot of people, some of the, I don't even know what that particular brand uh, vehicle, what model vehicle, what the uh, old requirements is. Is it a 5W20? I know that the, the, F-150, we made that switch to 5W-30. We want the heavier viscosity because of that long timing chain in there, and it has to have clean oil, and it has to have the right viscosity in it. In this one's case, you actually had to step it up. Now, a lot of that is based on what that vehicle does. If it's a construction truck pulling the load, you go to 3,000-mile oil changes. You just forget about the 10,000-mile oil change on that vehicle. You go to 3,000, you keep the clean oil in there, you keep that timing chain in its place from everything that I have researched and and everything that's come back. People are talking about, yeah, we've got this F-150 and it's Echo Boost, it's got 3.5 and they're having a problem with them. They also have problems with that little smaller one, what, the 2.0 or 2.5? They're having problems with those. And it seems to be timing chain related. And I'm going, well, you got all the power in the world. Anytime you have that much power, you're going to have additional strain on the timing chain and sprockets. You got to keep that stuff clean. The, you know, changing the oil on these vehicles is no longer a recommendation. I mean, it's like a Bible. You just, you've got to do it or you will be spending a lot of money on that thing. And I've almost come up to the conclusion that when mine goes over a hundred thousand miles, when that warranty expires, that truck will be gone, and I'll get something else because I love the power, love the torque, and I don't like what I'm seeing because I think the engine is so small, I don't know how it can be durable. I don't know what else you can modify to keep that thing under you. And uh, But the electronics on it is unreal as far as everything's controlling everything. Uh, nice riding vehicle, everything works. When it's working right, it's working right. But when it doesn't work right, uh, gets, uh, you better be having some money or you better have a one heck of an extended warranty to cover that thing. Because that timing chain, how many of those have you done in the last year? Do you know what, four, five? Oh, boy. I mean, between the EcoBoost and uh, the 5.4, I'd have to say that we've done well over seven. Yeah. And that's timing change, and neither one of them is a cheap fix. No, 5.4 is a big deal, too, you know? Yep. you got to deface the whole front of the motor. you got timing chains, yep. guides, cam phasers, water pump. Everything on the front of this motor gets replaced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, things wear out. But you can aggravate it by going with extended oil changes, meaning going in excess of 5,000 miles, which I would never do on my effort. Not anymore, buddy. No way. Oil is cheap. You know, you're using a 5W20, 5W30 synthetic blend. 
oil is cheap, what would you rather? Would you rather do an oil change every 3,000 miles, or would you rather do it every five or 10,000 miles and then be looking at a bill of, you know, around $3,000 to replace all these chains and guides after you wore them out for lack of lubrication? That's right. You know, it gets back to change your oil. It's cheaper than the alternative. Yes, it is. Do it. And that, you know. Yeah, you just, uh, unless you want to, you know, donate to uh, Simmons 4 before or Parker Automotive or Automotive Specialist and have us go in there and clean that mess up. But we're just trying to tell you, and I've told you, Brian's told you, uh, Mike Parker's told you, you're in Tucson, Arizona. This is extreme duty. Now we even stepped it up a notch because of all the extra rain we've had over the last two weeks. Now we have, you got all the moisture in. People are running through mud holes. They've got all the debris going, being sucked up in the lines. So they're trying to process that stuff. You've got plugged air filters. By the way, change your cabin air filters and change your air filter on this vehicle. The rules change when you have a haboob come through Tucson, Arizona, and you're driving around the edges of it or you're driving through it. As soon as you get uh, back to a Merle's or Pick up a filter, air filter, and put it in that thing because I'll guarantee it's going to be loaded up with garbage, and it needs to breathe if it's going to work. The same thing with that cabin air filter. You've already got dust in it because it's cabin air filter, and then now you've got moisture added on top of that. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure out. If you take a – remember when you was a kid and you used to play in the mud holes? Remember when you used to (laughs) – Make mud pies out of, that's what you basically have going into your system or trying to get into your system. All of that stuff, if you've got dust in the filters, water going to it, you're going to have mud. And that's just, that's, that's the basic stuff that, uh, that I have seen. And it's not good for the engine. Uh, used to in a normal aspirated motor, you're talking about 11,000 gallons of air for one gallon of gasoline. That is a bunch of volume going through. Now you have the uh, fuel mixtures, air fuel ratios and stuff. You can go 14 to one, you can go up to 17 to one. It changes as needed by the computer. So that's the reason maintenance on these vehicles under severe duty in Tucson, Arizona, especially you construction guys out there, that are hauling the big loads of that F-150 because it will pull them. It will pull them. 3,000 miles on that, and you go to a 5W30 on your vehicle, and they say, well, you're not supposed to change what the manufacturer does. No, you don't have to. You can always have Brian <laughs> change out all that timing change and stuff for you, and then you're going to sit there and look at that and go, holy cow. But keep in mind, used to... About 2300 It started out at about 1500 This is how much money you spend on a repair before you go get your new car. It used to be about 1500 It was moved up to 2300 2600 and then it went to 3200 So that F-150 that Brian's putting all that stuff in, now you're right at that point where a person said, you know, I don't know. And then you have to question, said, okay, how long, let's say you did change your oil in it. And you did use this, the whatever that mixture is with a semi-synthetic or uh, that has the blend in it, the synthetic blend. 
No, my 150 is on straight, full-blooded, 100% synthetic oil. And I don't care what they say about it. I know a lot about that stuff. And that's what I have on mine. And hopefully it'll get to 100,000 miles. It don't have to worry about going to 101. But I need that. And if you take care of that and you prove that you've changed the oil 5,000 miles, not 10,000 miles, or 3,000 miles on the construction, well, the guys you run in construction, you change it 3,000 miles, you're going to save a lot of money on engine repair. And as far as the rest of it, if you'll change it at 5,000 and step up, I use full synthetic. I don't use blend in nothing. One, they've never told me how much blend there is in their oil. I don't know what the mixture is. And if I can't figure it out, how are you going to figure it out? If I can't test it, and nobody says. I know there's a tablespoon of detergent additives put in a quarter motor oil, a tablespoon. That's it. Just a tablespoon. Now, is that tablespoon, is that a tablespoon of synthetic, a blend in to a blend oil? Why do they want the vehicle to last more than 100,000 miles? You normally trade. If it lasts 150 or 200,000, guess what? They're not selling vehicles. So you have to do your research. You have to find out, okay, if I can run a 5W30 in this thing or a 5W20, but I need the 5W30 to step up just a little bit to help keep that timing chain in place, that's what you need to do. But you have to figure that out. Because it's not in the owner's manual. In fact, they say don't. You don't. Go ahead. We were speaking of, you know, your regular maintenance and things, and I want to touch on this one thing. Because believe it or not, we have two EcoBoosts in here that need timing chains right now. Mm. One's all apart. We're waiting for approval on the other one. The reason I say we're waiting for approval on the other one is they have an extended warranty. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which normally, the extended warranty are okay. You know, if you've got a decent one, they'll cover, usually cover everything. Right. This particular vehicle, inspector comes out, inspector agrees with our diagnostics as it needs chains and guides and actuators and cam phasers and yada, yada, yada. The same song all over again. Warranty company comes back and says, okay, we want to see proof that you've done the maintenance on this motor and regular oil changes. We want proof or we're not going to cover this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, customers are do-it-yourselfer for the most part. Now he's scrambling to try and find receipts for filters, oil, and different things. Right. It's like we've always said in the past, if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you change your own oil and your filters and things, keep your receipts. A lot of these receipts are, you know, if you go to your big box stores or a little piece of thermal paper sometimes, make mm-hmm. copies of those thermal paper receipts because they will disappear. The oh, yeah. The ink on oh, them yeah. in the heat, after time, it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. So make copies of your receipts and keep all your receipts for your engine oil. Get the dates on them, you know, what you did and why you did it, mileage, 
get all this and keep a log of it. Because if you have an extended warranty like this particular person does, they're going to have to prove that they did the oil changes on it. Otherwise, the warranty company is going to come back and say, okay, well, you didn't change the oil on this. And that's why this thing That's right. That's right. We're not going to cover it. So it's your problem. uh, You know, the only thing I'm uh, concerned about on the extended warranty, uh, what oil change intervals do they go by? Do they go by extended warranty? I mean, not extended. Extended drain intervals, like 10,000 miles on this particular vehicle. Or do they go, okay, you live in a severe duty state. You should know that you are supposed to change it about 5,000 miles. And I don't know how they're going to uh, go through on that, but the extended warranty, I don't recall ever seeing. It says if you maintain your vehicle the way the manufacturer recommends you doing it. I don't know if they come up with a little thing that says, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, since you live in a uh, uh, severe duty state, which is Tucson, Arizona, and a few other western states, uh, then, and you didn't maintain it at the extended level. So I don't know what kind of you know games is going to be played with this stuff. All I know is I hate it when a, my vehicle has to go in to a garage on something that I think that I should have been able to at least extend the life of the timing chain, you know. But timing chains on a little motor with all of that horsepower puts an additional strain on that timing chain system. It's just like a race car. You take a race car. Why do you think they got these monster timing chains or they switched it over to all gears instead of a chain? Because people weren't changing their oil back in the day like they're supposed to. The timing chains were stretching out to the point where they started skipping teeth. And you let one skip teeth and you get one tooth is about 12 degrees. So that changes the timing. But, you know, it's it's just amazing. It's just it's just a cluster. But the good thing is, and something that you can do, if you have one of these warranties on it, and you have a Brian Fuller or Parker Automotive or Simmons on it that's been servicing this vehicle, we have all of the records online on the computer, and we can print them out for you. And there is your proof that this was actually done. So, you know, it's a, keep your records Keep your records. I don't care if you put it in a one-gallon bag of uh, uh, one-gallon freezer bag or something like that. But Brian's not kidding on those tapes. You can have those tapes and keep them about thirty days, and you you you've got a piece of paper. It nothing's on it, but you've got a piece of paper, and you've got to copy them as soon as you get them, and keep the hard copy of that receipt in a place where you can readily access it. Most of the information that I keep on my diesel is is in the work order inside the glove box, and I just keep piling it up so that I can prove that everything was done to it. Same way on that Ford. So you know, just do it, and you be life will be a lot more simpler. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, even with your new cars, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you know, the manufacturer's warranty as well. They're going to want to see that you did the maintenance on this vehicle, that you changed the oil and you changed it when it was supposed to be changed, not an extended uh-huh. time. You know, keep your receipts. Can't say that enough. You can call yeah, in and- at 719-1490. That's 719-1490. Give us a call. And we can talk about anything you want to talk about on the automobile. 
you know, you now that my brain's beginning to re-engage with the auto repair industry. Um, there you go. The other, how about the uh, cabin? I want to go through cabin air filters a little bit. Cabin air filters cost almost nothing. I was back there, and my brother, I said, when's the last time you changed your cabin air filter? And he says, uh, I, have, I think it's past due. And he said, I have one laying over there on the counter in the garage. And uh, I said, well, it, one thing about it laying on the counter in the garage, the air filter itself will live a long time that way. But it's designed to go inside the vehicle. <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, because it's starting to have an odor to it. And with the moisture we have out in Tucson, you can get a lot of odor here shortly. Because just remember. You're going to have all the bird feathers and all that stuff that goes in, and you know what bird feathers smell like when you get moisture added to it. Trust me, the moisture is going in the car. If you don't believe it, look under your car after you've been driving it today or yesterday, and you'll see water running out from the center of the car. That's moisture that the air conditioning has sucked out of the air and is moving it on away, you know, outside the uh, vehicle. But that filter is working overtime now. So if you've been, and they say, oh, you you can take these filters, and we recommend that you change them once a year. Oh, yeah? If you drive it off in the ocean, are you still going to change the filters once a year? No. If you run across a mud hole and it loads that thing up with all the debris and stuff, in addition to the moisture, it goes in, it sticks, and no, no, it doesn't work that way. You, it goes by environment. If you've got an environment like Arizona does with all the dust, the haboobs, and everything else that goes down, you and the high winds. I understand we had some high winds while I was going back to the East Coast, 52 mile, 50 mile an hour plus or something like that. And I'm going, yes, uh-uh, not at my place. There, there was old mesquite trees that had limbs on them that was about five inches through, and it snapped on the old mesquite trees, the one that's bulletproof. It, it snapped them off halfway up, and so you know that's that's part of the little programming I have going on at my place now. But people, it's just super critical to change all the filters in these cars. Just well, let's talk super. about one other thing with that cabin air filter. Now, I get vehicles in here that. You know, customer's concern is, well, I don't have a lot of air coming out the dash anymore. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's go look at this cabin air filter, and it's plugged, plugged solid. Now, two things happen when you get restricted cabin air filters. One, you're probably not going to be happy with the amount of air coming out the vents. Two, and this one's a big deal. The air that goes in, it does another thing. The blower motor, great big electric motor in there, that air also keeps that motor cool. Heat kills a lot of things. We know this. We live in Tucson, oh, Arizona. Yeah. Heat kills motors, engines, everything. And if you have restricted airflow, in your HVAC system, that blower motor is going to get hotter than normal. As it gets hotter, of course, it's harder for it to turn. Thus, more amperage draw to make that turn, more electricity. What happens then is, is 
more electricity, more heat causes things to melt, such as taking out blower resistors, melting the connector to the blower resistor, melting the connector to the HVAC blower motor. You combine these two parts and the connector ends to it, and you could have a repair that is hundreds of dollars. All over a filter that costs around 20 bucks. Yep. Change it. Change it, um, check it. When it's dirty, change it. Yeah, you can pick these filters up at any Merle's location around Tucson. Uh, it's probably the cheapest thing you can do. How long does it take to change out one of those blower motors in a dash? Average time. Uh, Ryan? Average, around an hour. Around an hour once you get to them. So it's not really that expensive, but it can do additional damage if you don't change that thing. I went back east uh, two years ago, three years ago. My brother had a Toyota that he takes to the dealer and has it serviced. He takes it in said, I want everything done to it. It needs to be done. And when I was riding with him, I said, you got to plug carbon air filter, buddy. I said, because your volume is very low and it's just not working right. And I said, if you're lucky, you'll get it changed out before it takes out your um, your system. Well, went down. I mean, he drove right straight to the dealership. Uh, well, I pulled the filter out at his house. And he said, let's go to the dealer. So he goes to the dealer and he says, what's the problem here? Everything on this vehicle is supposed to be done when I bring it in. And they hadn't changed the air, the cabin air filter because it was plug solid. I mean, it was, I mean, it was just like, okay, you put a piece of wood in there or something. But I told him, I said, well, good luck. I said, uh, hopefully it didn't take out your air conditioning. About three months later, I had to replace his air compressor and the little components because evidently it was too much to handle and the premature wear on it would just, just took it out because Toyota's not known for just blowing up AC compressors. And so I guess who changes his air filter every six months is cabin air. My brother. And since he put the new system in, changes his filters, the air works perfect, everything works like it's supposed to. And he don't have 150,000 miles on that vehicle. So uh, it's it's just real critical. All right. That's all i got to say about air, uh, cabin air filters. Go ahead, Brian. It's on Keep you. Keep in mind, you can call into this the show today at 719-1490. That's 719-1490. And this portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Iron Road Auto Collision, 4425 West Iron Road, Iron Road, 744-4454. If you got hot spots on your paint, that's the little white spots that come on that you don't notice. They normally show up on the roof before they show up anyplace else. Uh, I just spotted two on my little Honda CRV, so I got to get that into Spectrum and get it taken care of. But they do all sorts of, uh, Restoration. They they do rec car restorations. They do fancy paint jobs. They do striping. They do just about anything. It has anything to do with paint and body on a car, and they're excellent at it. So, Iron Road Auto Collision, seven four four forty four fifty four. And if you have have the misfortune of crashing out on the freeway or running through a mud hole and it sucks you into a wall. Uh, you just call Frontier Towing at 748-1100, have it picked up, delivered over to Spectrum, call your insurance agent and tell them what's happened, and they'll give you a claim number. You just 
refer that over to Specter Minor Road Collision at 744-4454. They'll take it from there, and then you'll have a vehicle. That brings me to the next one. Rental cars are super expensive, and I found that out going back to the East Coast. They are really expensive. And it, but the parts for the uh, auto collision centers to repair that vehicle, they're hard to get also. So your downtime, you think it's going to be okay. Well, it's going to be in and out in about a week or uh, 10 days or something like that. But that's even extended now because the auto collision centers can't get the parts to replace. And so there's a there's a little bottleneck going on. I don't know where it's at. I don't know what the cause was. There's about a million different opinions on what the cause is. And all I know is it was not flowing. It was flowing pretty good before we had the COVID. So I don't know what these other countries, manufacturers, uh, little uh, shops, little manufacturing parts, and you know India and China and Japan. I don't know what. I don't know what their holdup is because I don't know how the COVID affected that area. But I think that's where most of it's coming from is because of the COVID-19. And with a little spike coming again, uh, I don't know what it's going to be able to, what we're going to be able to maintain. So it's going to be a slow process getting back to where we were prior COVID and and if you don't believe it, just stick around and pay attention, and you will see the same thing that everybody else is seeing now. So that's, that's just a little caveat on uh, Spectre Minor Road Collision. Uh, they can fix a vehicle. Uh, is it going to be as fast as they used to? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know what their parts availability is. From the guys that I talked to back east, the collision centers are having the same problem that the auto repair centers do because not only do they do auto collision, they have to replace a lot of parts on a car when that thing is crashed. So we do know that that's a shortage or, or, yeah, you can't get the parts when you think you can. So heads up. Yep. All right, Brian. Go ahead, baby. And, uh, if every, anyone's looking for automotive specialist, we're located at 3611 West Ina Road. That's at Meredith and Ina, which is one stoplight east of Ina and Thornydale. We've been here about 26 years now. You can call us at 572-1734. That's 572-1734. It's in the Michaels Bookman's Plaza right behind Checker O'Reilly Auto Parts. So you can give us a call. You can talk to Mitch. My son is back here working with us again, yay. And Good. I'm out here and doing a little work on, you know, more cars than I have in the past. And, uh, you know, I'm back office accountant now. So everything's good going smooth over here. So, again, you can go to Automotive Specialist, uh, 572-1734. You can also go to the website, schedule an appointment, which is Automotive specialistaz.com go there you can read about us and schedule an appointment yep uh, back to and timing components you know go ahead these cars they are so complicated you know i think about you know the first timing belts that we've seen you know remember the old ford pinto <laughs> that little four cylinder mm. you could change that timing belt in your driveway in about 20 minutes no yep. big deal. 
line, you know, remove the plastic covers and get in there, line up the dots, which mean the timing marks, to where they need to be, slide the tensioner back, put the new belt on. Just buy a belt and put a belt on because those tensioners, they'd last forever. Well, guess what? Things have changed. And these newer cars, it's not like you can just jack this thing up and remove the plastic covers and the valve cover <laughs> and flip out the belt. I, it, it is so complicated. I mean, I've got this vehicle is a 2014 Ford Escape. They had the timing belt, water pump, thermostat change. Now it's a crank. No start. Okay. Get it in. Get it figured out. They didn't time the motor correctly. This is a dual overhead cam with cam phasers on it with a timing belt. Now, it isn't that they have all these little dots that you got to line up, but there's also some special tools involved. There's cam. The, the camshafts have to be locked down with a special tool. And then you set the mm -hmm. timing with the crankshaft and the camshafts. There's one other step that's needed, and this requires another special tool. These Fords are big on special tools. I mean, I've got a box that's three foot across by about two feet forward to backwards by about a foot tall, full of special tools to lock down the camshafts or to lock down the crankshaft in their positions to get this timing belt back on correctly. But mm -hmm. like on this little escape, there's one other tool needed. And that's the reluctor wheel for the crankshaft. It has to be locked into a certain place so that the crankshaft sensor reads that properly. So you have to time that as well before this engine will start. Because you could put the belt on, and if you get the belt back on successfully, yay. But if you don't get that reluctor <laughs> wheel in time, it's still not going to start. So... I mean, it's super complicated. And this is a 2014. This is an old car. It's 1.6 liter. Mm -hmm. But the labor to do the timing belt, you're looking at a full day of labor on this one as well. All day. Not 20 minutes like the old Ford Pinto. So, yeah, they, they've made these things so complicated, it's just unbelievable. Well, it's... it's keeps people working uh the thing that uh if you don't do it and if you don't maintain them the chances of this thing happening to you is going to be greater than the person who actually keeps everything clean keeps the oil flowing like it's supposed to and the variable valve timing that's another little stinker and um that one gets a little bit exciting uh when it doesn't work like it's supposed to uh, you can have the dirty oil will build up, and it doesn't allow it to move like it's supposed to. So that's just another shot. I would say in the automotive industry, the number one problem is lack of maintenance, number one. And 
timely maintenance. Uh, yeah, I change oil. I change it every, you know, every three years, whether it needs it or not. Uh, I change it every uh, every six months or eight months, or whatever your timing chain is. And people say, well, you know, I'm going to leave $30, $40 laying on the table because I really don't think it needs this oil. There is places that you can send this oil to have it checked. Uh, you can spend an extra 10 bucks or 15 bucks to have it tested and get it back, and you can read the results on it if you know what you're reading. But the best thing is to go to your little owner's manual that you have, go to Severe Duty. And they have one now, a new category, Extreme Severe Duty. That's for your construction guys that are out there playing in the dirt. That's the one that you want to use. Now, I don't know how late model your vehicle is, but you use the Extreme Duty the and and just service it with extreme duty minimum extreme duty and then go to the extra extreme duty uh in order to uh, keep these vehicles on the road 3000 mile oil changes is what keeps diesels on the road believe it or not you, and they say no you got you got 14 quarts of oil in that diesel yeah i know that i know all that crap and but you if you work at diesel the way it should and additives oh my gosh additives um you know, there's additives that you can do, like the motor vac when you're cleaning the fuel delivery system. That's real critical because, as Brian said earlier, heat causes problems. <coughs> Excuse me. The old lots of problems as far as it, yeah. And if you keep it clean, keep it circulating, keep it operating within its parameters that it was designed to do then life is a lot better for that engine because the engine just goes, okay, well, I'm going to turn over. If you have oil there, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. I don't really care. So you want to make sure that you have the oil flow going. You want to make sure your oil pressure stays where it's supposed to be. You want to keep the leaks and stuff fixed on it so you don't bleed the oil out of the system and run, start picking up a bunch of air bubbles and stuff in the oil because you don't have enough left in the pan to actually give a full flow to it without all the air bubbles because air bubbles uh they don't really lubricate too good especially mainly because they're wrapped up you have air inside the oil bubbles that's going up through the system and that is not a lubricant it'll pop or it'll circulate back you have a cooling issue because it doesn't transport the heat out like it's supposed to uh so there's just so many things that you need to consider in order to keep everything on that engine rolling right. You know, you got engine deactivators that's going on top. You got Chrysler come out with them, I think, in six oh six, where you go down the road and everything is run like it's supposed to. Then you can go ahead and it'll drop to four cylinders instead of eight. Pick you up additional few mile per gallon, but all of that stuff is based on. Uh, it's a hydraulic system. It actually deactivates that thing, and it has to have oil in it. And the oil, if it's and the oil, if it's dirty, how's it supposed to work? How can you expect it to work? So when you go to, you know, the only thing that gets me is like on a battery. Boy, when we say twenty-four to thirty months on a battery, anything over thirty months, like like at Ford, you're pushing a ticket on it. You're just pushing a ticket. So I have the technology at Simmons. Parker has the technology at Parker Automotive. Brian has the technology at Automotive Specialists to test your batteries to find out what kind of life you have in them. Still left. 
and that I highly recommend. So, Well, that's part of a service. You know, when you bring your vehicle in for that 3,000-mile service, we're checking the battery. We're checking everything on that car so we can advise you, you know, hey, this battery is supposed to have 650 cold cranking amps, and it's only got 400. That's and right. it's 30 months old. It might be mm-hmm. time to replace it. So well, it's about time know. about time to get it done when you run across that. Or you can call Frontier Towing at seven point eleven hundred to have it towed once it quits. Uh, and another thing that I've seen while I was back east is how people actually jump vehicles. Holy cow! Like I fainted, and one guy was jumping his car at a car show, and I'm going, "Oh my gosh!" And but I, I took a look under there and. You know these little these little things called battery cables. You got to look for the green at the end of the battery cable. They have you can't just pour uh, a Coca Cola on it and say, "Okay, it's good, let's go." Yep. Don't work that way. Well, right, Brian, back to you. The second hour, we're coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. 